Hi, and welcome to a finely aged episode of Five Minutes of Rum, notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Upthegrove, and this is episode 29. In this episode, I'll discuss and taste RL Seal 10-year Barbados rum. I'll crack the spine on Beach Bumberry's Potions of the Caribbean and mix up Papule. Now, at the end of episode 28, I mentioned that a cocktail variation would be coming in the next episode. My original plan for episode 29 was to talk about the Navy rum from Lost Spirits. Uh, Lost Spirits is a uh, distillery based in Monterey, California. And in the course of preparing for that episode, I had the opportunity to see a presentation by Brian Davis, the distiller from Lost Spirits at the Tonga Hut um, North Hollywood during the Rum Rum Club, which was uh, last Sunday. Uh, We talked after the Rum Rum Club and Brian was generous enough to set up a one-on-one interview which uh, gives me much more in-depth information for the episode than I would have had by just reviewing information online. But, of course, that pushed the schedule out for an additional episode on Lost Spirits Rum, Uh, and so I pulled another bottle down from the shelf to discuss in the interim. So for this episode, I'm going to talk about the RL Seal 10-Year Barbados Rum. So uh, there's a link to this in the show notes, but per the website Differed's Guide, which is a a really great resource, um, I believe based in the UK, for all sorts of... uh, history and information on spirits, the uh, spirit industry, and bartending. Anyways, there's a, a link, but the information provided by Difford's Guide um, indicates that this rum is produced at the Four Square Distillery in Barbados. So this is going to be a Barbados rum that we talk about today. Uh, and that Four Square Distillery is operated by the RL Seal and Company Limited. The Seal Company has been run by the Seal family for four generations and is currently run uh, in particular by Sir David Seal and his son Richard. Uh, In 1995, they took over an abandoned sugar factory in Barbados, refurbished it, and then began rum production in 1996. Uh, Prior to that, their rum was distilled by the West Indies Rum Refinery, um, and that would produce the rum that they would then distribute uh, under different brands. The company produces a large number, or excuse me, a large range of different rums uh, under different brands. There's, uh, to name just a couple, the Mahiki brand, Dourley's, uh, Foursquare, as you know, I think that Foursquare does a spice rum. They may do others. Um, also, I think uh, a relatively new brand, although um, I don't know that for sure. I, that this is definitely coming up on a future episode, but they are also producing the real McCoy rum um, and other different brands as well. They actually produce Taylor's Velvet Falernum, uh, which is a fine choice to use for Falernum if you aren't making your own. Um, and again, from what I've read on the Difford site, they import most of their molasses from Guyana. So even though they're based in Barbados and producing rum in, at a distillery in Barbados, they're actually not using uh, molasses from Barbados. It's coming from Guyana. The rums are a blend of pot and column still. Um, and Richard Seal apparently has a reputation for tinkering a bit with the technology involved in distillation. So for those of you that are farther along with me or farther along than me in understanding uh, the particulars about stills and percentages and other things like that. Uh, check out the Difford's link that I have in the show notes. There's a bit more info in that area. Uh, Foursquare blends their rums both before and after aging, and usually they age in American oak casks. Uh, there are some uh, extra, well, not to say extra, there's some other different brands do different agings. So we'll get to that for the RL seal in a moment. Um, all their rums are aged a minimum of two years, and they indicate that no flavoring additives are used. Uh, you, you may know or may not know, rums sometimes have added sugar uh, the, or added sugar afterwards that raises the overall sweetness of the spirit. Uh, you can see our, our friend Zaya from episode 16 is an example of that. Um, I'm not 
passing judgment doesn't mean one is necessarily better than the other for any particular individual, uh, just context. So for uh, the RL Seal company, they indicate they're not doing any sort of sweetening uh, after the fact. Now, specific to the rum from this uh, that we're talking about here, the RL Seal 10-year Barbados rum, it is indeed a blend of pot and column stilled aged uh, rum, or excuse me, pot and column stilled rum that is aged in uh, former bourbon casks or casks that used to house bourbon. Um, and in addition to that, it's also aged in casks that were used for Madeira and then French oak casks that are used for brandy. Uh, the age statement for the rum itself um, only shows up on the foil around the bottle's neck, uh, but it does indicate that it is uh, aged a minimum of 10 years. Uh, again, rum and age statements have a bit of a funny history, but the good news is, is if you see 10 years, that generally indicates for rum that that's the minimum amount of aging, and there could be some other rums in that blend that are aged longer uh, than the 10 years that are stated. I also put a link in the show notes to a rum, excuse me, a review of this rum uh, that's up on Josh Miller's uh, Inyo Akena site, uh, which is a really good resource for rum reviews. Uh, he, he does a lot of uh, reviews. I think I've linked to him before in terms of the uh, exhaustive study of coconut rums that he did, um, but he also does a large, large number of single rum reviews. Uh, definitely worth bookmarking that site and checking back from time to time. Uh, the bottle itself here, uh, there's a picture of this in the show notes. It's a very distinctive bottle. Um, I actually looked at this bottle on the shelf many, many times before I actually decided to buy it. Uh, it's in an opaque glass bottle, so you can't really see what's inside. Uh, and the neck of the bottle leans to the side as though the glass were disturbed when it was being manufactured and when it was hot, and then it cooled in that shape and has that leaning neck. Uh, it's stopped with cork, and then it has something that looks like a coin that's stamped into the label itself on the front of the bottle. There's also an indentation on the side of the bottle near where the neck meets the base, um, and it happens to be right where your right thumb would rest when you're pouring the rum with the label side facing out. So I guess what I'm saying is that a lot of thought was put into the bottling and the shelf marking of this particular rum. Um, note that you would be showing off the label as you pour it out if you, uh, if you hold the bottle exactly where the indentation is uh, for your thumb. Also note that uh, sitting on your shelf, uh, because it has a wide base, uh, the fact that the neck leans over to the right doesn't really disturb the other rums on your shelf, shelf so don't be concerned about that. Uh, the rum itself is bottled at 86 proof or 43% alcohol by volume. Uh, locally for me, it's readily available at Total Wine. Um, and if that store is in your area, you'll be able to find it very easily. Otherwise, check online retailers. Um, I don't think it's a very hard rum to locate. Um, and it's priced pretty reasonably. I got the bottle um, that I have on my shelf, I think for $22, $23. So not a bad deal at all. In terms of uh, tasting this rum, uh, the appearance in the glass, uh, kind of a dark gold or maybe a light maple syrup, depending on how you want to look at it, um, has long legs in the glass when swirled, and they uh, appeared for me to form quickly and then drop quickly on the sides of the glass. Uh, with aroma, uh, it's again a little bit of that astringency from the alcohol, and then a little nuttiness, a little bit of sweetness, and a little bit of the woodiness from the cask. Um, usually, I get a more concentrated aroma when I uh, when I smell the rum directly from the bottle. But I think the particular bottle shape in this case inhibits that, and the rum in the glass actually had more aroma once I swirled it around. Um, as what I would say to be that so sort of a classic rum aroma for a gold Barbados style, uh, not entirely uh, dissimilar from the aroma on the plantation five-year Barbados rum, for an example. For example, uh, taste-wise, uh, it's a you know I found it crisp with a, a medium body, uh, not sweet, 
no real spice that I pick up. And much like the aroma of the rum, there's some wood from the cask um, as you as you swallow it. And in terms of finish, uh, the rum works its way sort of back into the nasal passages, the aroma of it as you sip, and then moves into a, a warm, long, and smooth finish. Uh, for me, uh, to sum up the, the sipping this rum neat, found this to be a nice sipping rum with an excellent finish. Uh, it's, a, it's also a good candidate for mixing since it's priced so well. Um, at twenty dollars a bottle, it's not terribly, not much terribly, ex- more terribly expensive, uh, say than a, a Gold Virgin Islands rum. Um, in terms of taste, it's not as much to my preference for sipping neat as something more like a Jamaican or an Agricole, which are maybe a little bit more funky or have a little bit more uh, distinctive character. But it is a very nice classic rum um, that I think uh, a lot of people would enjoy. What I like most about it, other than the finish. Is that you get you do get a little bit of extra body that you're not going to get from a gold Puerto Rican or a gold Virgin Islands rum. Okay, uh, regular listeners of the podcast will know that I mention in almost every episode um, a book by Beach Bum Berry, which is you know obviously his books are a huge influence on the research I've done and my interest in tiki cocktails in general. Um, more often than not, I'm referencing his compilation of the best of Grog Log and Intoxica called. Um, the beach bum uh, called beach bumberry remix but also recently i mentioned uh sip and safari which was more uh story based and had different chapters based on different important uh figures in uh, the tiki cocktail uh history and resurgence anyways so i want to talk about um jeff berry's newest book which actually came out last december um, and i haven't brought it up on the podcast yet except maybe in passing um, and that's called potions of the caribbean and this would be Jeff Berry's newest historical reference on rum and cocktails and their place in the history of the Caribbean. Um, where to get it? First of all, first and foremost, um, I don't know if it's available on other retailers, but I do know that Cocktail Kingdom is uh, the one that published it and where it's the easiest place to buy it is from their website. There is a link to that in the show notes. That's where I ordered mine from uh, and it came in perfect condition. So uh, for the collector in you, uh, it's a definitely a recommended purchase from uh, Cocktail Kingdom. The book itself, like I said, came out in December of 2013. Um, mine, I actually ordered mine as soon as I could, and coincidentally it arrived just as I got sick last December. Um, so I didn't really read it for a couple weeks because I didn't want to make any of the cocktails that I wasn't going to be able to taste because I was sick. And then I've just taken the ridiculous tactic of slowly reading it ever since then. Uh, yeah, as a cocktail analogy, maybe I've been nursing this book. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is this, this is a fantastic book and knowing I'd already waited a long time for it and then once I've read it for the first time I never get to read it for the first time again I kind of wanted to take a, a slow approach and, and just savor it and there's a lot to look at in this book um, not only is the information the text uh, stellar but there's the recipes and then there's all the ephemera and the photos and the, you know just everything else that makes this a, a really good looking book and it's a good combination of reference book uh, it's a coffee table book it's I can't say enough good things about it. The only my only wish list would be maybe just a, a, a maybe an accompaniment, which is just the recipes apart from the book. Because a lot of what I've done with some of uh, Beach Bumberry's other books, especially remixed and Sip and Safari, is I've bought an extra copy, chopped off the spine, and had it spiral bound so that I could use it for reference. Uh, this isn't the kind of book that you're going to want to do that with, um, because it's there's just it's a it's an actual hardbound book. It almost looks like a textbook, if you will. Um, so in, in style, it's like sip and safari, but turned up to 10. Um, you know, it has the same sort of chapter based story based styles and goes through, talks about, um, 
the origins of rum in the Caribbean, spends a lot of time on uh, the scene of Havana, Cuba, uh, pre, pre-prohibition, post-prohibition, pre-Castro Cuba, and then goes through and does actually, you know, a course chapters or a chapter that features Don Beach and Trader Vic, and then runs through um, all the way into modern times. So it's it's a book I probably will reference quite a bit in future episodes as I work my way through it. Um, and it actually is the source of a recipe that we're going to use in this episode called the papule. So the papule is an earlier version of the uh, what I think is probably the more well-known Don, Don Beach classic called the Nui Nui. Um, differences from the Nui Nui, the Nui Nui itself uses almost the exactly same recipe, same flavor profile, uh, but uses a little bit less rum and a little bit less dilution. So it's a pretty comparable recipe. Uh, this one just happens to be maybe a little bit bigger in terms of volume. Um, and both the Papuli and the Nui Nui in their actual written down forms from uh, Don's recipes call for a gold uh, Virgin Islands rum or a gold Puerto Rican rum. Uh, I think actually specifically it calls for a gold Virgin Islands rum, not Puerto Rican, but those are usually easily swappable. So I kind of even mentally swap them when I say them out loud. Um, so in this case, I'm going to use a rub sub- rum substitution and I'm going to substitute in a gold Barbados rum. Uh, in my estimation, I like to, I just like the little bit extra body that the gold Barbados rum is going to provide without being an overly heavy body. Uh, so I don't think it's going to wreck the balance of this cocktail, but I think it's going to maybe enhance it a little bit and, you know, use a little, and it's, and, and just give it a little bit more body. It's not uncommon for me to have made this cocktail quite a bit with Mount Gay Eclipse in the past. Um, and so I think that the RL Seal tenure is going to work very well in it. All right, let's talk through the recipe for the papule as printed in cocktail, excuse me, in Potions of the Caribbean, which was presented by Cocktail Kingdom. Um, and I want to do this uh, a little bit slower than a normal recipe just to give an appreciation for what Jeff Berry brings um, to these books and the research that he does. Uh, so the papule calls for three ounces of gold Virgin Islands rum. And remember, in this case, we're going to substitute three ounces of gold Barbados rum and specifically the RL Seal 10-year rum. One half ounce of fresh and only fresh lime juice. Uh, one half ounce of orange juice. And I would go ahead and say in this case, make it fresh squeezed orange juice because you're going to use the peel of an orange for the garnish anyways. So you might as well do something productive with that orange. One quarter ounce of Dawn's Spices number two. Now this is where you get into a little bit of the detective work that Jeff Berry has put in. The recipe for the papule came from a notebook of a Dawn the Beachcomber employee named Dick Santiago. um, And it was from 1937. Uh, Well, well after that, uh, Jeff Berry was talking to a bartender that sort of knew the code that Don had used for his recipes. The guy's name was Bob Esmimo, Esmino, excuse me, Bob Esmino. Um, he knew the code that was used for things like Don Spices 2, Don Spices 4, and was able to help translate. Um, I'm not going to go into the full story because I want you to get the book and read it, but Don's Spices number two ends up being uh, an equal parts mix of pimento liqueur or pimento dram and vanilla syrup. Um, you can get the the recipe, well, if you will, for the pimento dram. Um, I did that in episode 15, so go back and read that. Um, and then it's one quarter ounce of Dawn's Spices number four, a.k.a. cinnamon syrup. And I talked about cinnamon syrup in episode 16, really easy to make, so you should have that, some of that on hand. And then two dashes of Angostura bitters, or what was known in the recipe as Dawn's Dashes number eight, uh, but it is roughly translated into Angostura bitters today. And then one cup of crushed ice. 
So combine all of those ingredients into uh, a mixing cup and then mix in a spindle blender for and blend for about five seconds. And then pour that unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass with either one large ice cube or half filled with standard size ice cubes. And then garnish with a long spiral cut orange peel wrapped around the inside of the glass. Uh, and there's a picture of that up on the website and in the show notes. Um, in terms of presentation about that about that garnish, um, use a vegetable peeler and get a, you can either use a standard vegetable peeler or a Y peeler, whichever one you're more comfortable using, um, and get a long strip of orange peel from the from a fresh orange with as little of the white pith that is on the inside of the peel, uh, as little of that as possible. And then to wrap that inside the glass, use the ice to help keep it in place for the presentation. Um, and then just realize that sometimes when you do this, the garnish will look better than other times when you do this um, as you learn how to do it, and that's fine. Um, Taste-wise, um, I'm a very big fan of the Nui Nui, which is the later version of this cocktail, the Pupule. What I like about the Pupule, or this version of it, I guess I should say, is that you get a slightly larger drink that dilutes well and ends up lasting longer. It does, when I've had them side by side, which I did while I was um, doing a little bit of quote-unquote research for this episode, um, I found that the, the Nui Nui did a better job of sort of blending the alcohol in, whereas with the Pupule, because it's a, another full ounce of, of the rum, you can taste it a little bit more on the forefront. Um, and so just be aware that because it's a larger portion, you know, you don't want it sneaking up on you. Um, and obviously from the ingredients list, you can tell in terms of taste, there's a lot of different spice notes from the vanilla to the pimento to the cinnamon. Um, and in particular, that secret ingredient vanilla that seems to, as long as you don't overdo it, seems to be that well, that one killer ingredient that you can put in a cocktail that's going to almost assure you that everybody's going to like it. Uh, the fresh peel garnish really completes the sensory experience. And so uh, much like um, a Mai Tai needs the mint to, for me to sort of complete the experience, I would say the fresh orange garnish on this one really completes the cocktail and brings some balance to it. That's it for this episode of five minutes of rum. Um, this episode will probably be posted on Monday, August 11th, 2014. So depending on when you listen to it, uh, Tiki Oasis may be happening just a mere, uh, two or three days from the time that you listen to this. Um, I, I will be at Tiki Oasis. It's my favorite event to go to every year. Uh, if you are at Tiki Oasis 14, um, Please try and find me. I will be attending probably every one of the cocktail seminars, um, and I'll have a banner and cards up uh, just to, to mention the show at and around the event. So um, if you are going to be going and, you, and you're a listener of the show, please find me. Uh, it'd be great to say hi and just meet up and, and meet some of the people that are listening. Anyways, thank you for listening. Whether or not you're going to Tiki Oasis, I, I appreciate you listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number five minutes of rum.com. The show is also on iTunes as five minutes of rum on iTunes. You can subscribe, you can rate the show or leave a review or do all three. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at five minutes of rum. That's the at symbol number five minutes of rum. Uh, you can send in comments, corrections, feedback, and or requests via either the five minutes of rum website or on Twitter. And now go get some rum. <laughs>